0: Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new warehouse in Omaha. Working at an Amazon warehouse certainly has its advantages. They have jobs and schedules that fit any lifestyle, modern and safe workplaces, teams that listen to you, and benefits that help support your goals. So find the role that's right for you and apply for an hourly warehouse job. To learn more, visit Amazon.com slash start now. That's Amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
1: He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights, don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB.
2: All right, good morning. It's Saturday, little after 11, time to talk about cars. We're the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in, get in early. Get in now. It's gonna be cold this weekend. Let's get that car fixed today. Well, we're you know what, we're in the twenties now.
3: Yeah. Gonna get colder.
2: Yeah, as Scott said, you only got a couple hours before we get into those teens. Then we'll hibernate. Get that car fixed. You can get an engine in this time. Give us a call. Yeah. We'll help you out here on the phone. All right. I'm Kyle. Here today with me is Carl. I am Carl. Yeah. That's a good so thing. If you're looking for Bob, he's not here today. And you know what they say, when Bob's away, <laughs> I'll take a longer lunch break. Yes, anyway. we will. <laughs> <laughs> so, going on in the automotive world this week, nothing really new. No. no I just, can tell you this week, I've timed just about every engine in town.
3: We've we've done a lot of timing belts this week.
2: But nothing really new. Nope. I don't know what it is that cold weather we had a couple weeks ago yeah it's getting everybody urged to hey maybe i should have the car (laughs) retimed sometimes the car decides that for you and you know it does that can either go one way or the other one way or the other real quick anyway well let's talk to john here john's got a 2003 mustang gt john what do you got going
0: Well, I've got a a crank, no-start situation. Uh, I've purchased a transceiver, uh, plug-and-play, the ring that reads the chip and the key. I have not installed that yet. Just wanted to pick your brain as to uh, uh, what sort of experience you've had with these uh, type type of things.
2: Plenty. Years and years and years of experience with your situation. So... Why did we jump right to a transceiver? Is there a uh, code for it?
0: No, no. Uh, this was just a, a hunch okay. on my part.
2: Okay. Okay. So here. So when you're cranking the engine, your engine is turning over. All that's happening, right? Yes. Okay. So we're down to what are we missing? Spark, fuel, air is a possibility um yeah
0: my theft, my anti-theft light is blinking okay
2: what so, motor is in your uh,
0: mustang it's the uh, four four six <coughs>
3: okay
2: all right so your theft light's blinking so yeah that can lead you to that transceiver sure um 2003 i can tell you i did not replace a lot of transceivers well, a lot of there's, bad keys there's a lot of issues with those keys Really? Um, you can take this to any locksmith in town. And basically, you just hold it up to a, what would be a pickup transceiver, and it'll tell you no. if there's a signal or not. There's a chip inside oh. that key that that transceiver is trying to pick up. And if it gotcha. can't, then you got that issue. So, do so you, it could
0: be the chip in the key.
2: Absolutely. Do you have another key for this car or just the no. one?
0: Just the
2: one. Okay. That would be my first suggestion because I can tell you I can count the amount of transceivers I put in a Ford on one hand and still have change. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not a possibility, but generally they're fairly reliable. I mean, unless somebody tried to break in and steal this thing and broke it, they're pretty durable.
3: And unfortunately, if if it is a bad key, you have to have two made and then they have to be programmed into
0: your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Which,
2: I mean, a locksmith that's going to tell you if your key is good or bad. I mean, it's not a painful process in that car. No. Yeah. Uh, the v- only
0: problem is it's in a body shop now, and uh, when I, I drove it to the body shop, and uh, when they went to pull it in the building a couple weeks later, uh, it wouldn't start.
2: Well, here's a fun thing yeah. that we've tried in the past. Take that key, put it in a glass of water, microwave it for about five seconds warm that key up, and then try it. Mm. I've seen that work. We've got a couple customers that... Or just
3: real hot water, yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just get that key a little oh. bit warm and see what happens.
3: Yep. Even if it's room oh, temp, hey, it I wasn't good enough.
2: So Yeah. A lot of weird wow. things I happen. But...
0: A new one.
2: Yeah, I'll it's always it. a Ford key. I don't know why. <laughs> it is. <laughs> GM, everybody else has no issues, but Ford, for whatever reason, they decided to put their spin on it and... Here we are. So, yeah, maybe give those things a whirl here, John. If that doesn't work out, I can try again.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'll call back and let you know how it turns out.
2: <laughs> Sounds great. Perfect. Thanks for the call. Thank All you right. so much. You bet. All right, with John dropping off, gives you a chance to call in live here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. So we got Bob, Honda Odyssey. Bob, go ahead.
4: Morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, it's on my daughter's Honda uh, odyssey they're having an issue with the tire low tire light and
2: mm-hmm.
4: also possibly affecting the traction control
2: possibly uh, okay. i'm
4: i'm i'm thinking that uh, well there's been a squeak on the right rear brake and i'm thinking maybe a caliper is hung up there and affecting those sensors okay can you tell me how they work
2: Well, there's two types of systems with these Hondas and any other car. There's a direct system, and there's an indirect system. So indirect systems tend to work off of wheel bearings using wheel speed to kind of figure out how much air is in a tire, because clearly if you have one flat tire and the rest are fine, one's going to be spinning slower than the others or faster, whatever the case may be. But Indirect, you have sensors in each wheel. So you're going to, these are generally on that era of Honda going to have a metal stem that kind of screws into your wheel. And there'll be a sensor on the back side of that, like that has a radio transponder, the same as your key fob, anything else on the car. And there's a transceiver module that's going to pick up frequency from these sensors, telling the car, hey, we're good to go or no this guy back here has got an issue, get him checked. So, I mean, you're going to have to kind of figure out, I mean, to see even on a direct system, a brake caliper hanging up. I mean, you would have your tire screeching across the pavement before it would cause an issue with your airbag light or not your airbag light. I'm sorry, your tire light. So you would have other issues. So,
4: Okay. Well, this, there's been a squeak coming from there for uh more miles than I'd like to admit. It sure. should have been take, oh, know, yeah. a few thousand miles back and mm-hmm. so and and they were take, gonna take it in for the you know, the, the lights on it and I told them, I said, Well, if that caliper is hanging up, you know, you you're gonna get in there and you're gonna come out with a complete brake job before they can even find out what
3: causing
2: the problem? Sure, and I mean that's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, but I mean that era of Honda usually
3: I mean, a tire light's just gonna be for the tires, and if you got brake streets, it's gonna be just for that.
2: Yeah, I mean you'll probably. I mean if the light's flashing, I mean it's generally a pretty telltale sign that there's a sensor offline. Um, but yeah, odds are you'll get in there and find out you got a sensor issue or something along those lines. She
4: says something about it. Shut that the light off for the low pressure. Then the traction control doesn't work, or vice versa.
2: Well, if it, the light's on, it could affect traction control. You know, it could affect that system and not working.
4: And and if she says she's on ice, they won't let her go forward. She's got to back up. To, uh, you know, that, that didn't. I, you know, it's it's a little bit newer than what I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know exactly how how that's
5: controlled.
2: Well, that's an issue with the the traction control light being on or the traction control light. When you're skidding, that light will start flashing, and that's also going to turn your sweep on your throttle body. It's going to cut that in half because generally when people start skidding on ice, your first instinct is to put the pedal to the floor and floor it. Well, these manufacturers don't want that to happen because so many people have, done that and grenaded an engine. Yeah. So that's kind of where they're going with that. So they want you to start skidding and then kind of get yourself together and then drive out of it rather than floor the car and either go careening oh, into okay. something or blow your engine. Okay. So that's, that's what it's doing. That's why she's having trouble moving when she's skidding on ice because your throttle doesn't have the capabilities that it normally would. Okay. <laughs>
4: And yeah, uh, yeah.
2: yeah, get get it checked out. Odds are you just got a tire sensor that maybe needs to be replaced. Easy fix, nothing to it. Yeah,
4: well, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we got a brake problem first before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, that's a, so. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, I appreciate your help, guys.
2: You bet, Bob. Thanks a million. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Give us a call, 558 1110 Mr. Mechanic Show. Really.
3: Need mechanic help but you're nowhere near a mechanic? Well, just ask Siri.
0: Hey Siri, I just got a flat tire, what should I do?
6: You should go back to your childhood and learn how to change a tire like a normal person.
0: Oh, well, that's not what I expected you to say.
3: Siri the mechanic is now available on all smartphone devices. Hey Siri, how long has it been since my last oil change? It's been 10
6: years since your last oil
3: change. Wait, what? That can't be right.
6: Oh, my mistake. That's when you should have become an adult and started keeping track of this stuff on your own.
3: Touche, Siri. Touche. Having car trouble? Just ask Siri the Mechanic, a proud sponsor of the Mr. Mechanic Show.
1: News stories, daily podcasts, contests, and all of our hosts' social media links can be found right now on KFAB.com.
2: All right. We're back. We made it. We survived the first break. Mr. Mechanic show, KFAB. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Talk to me about your car. Talk to Carl about your car. Yeah. Talk to us about cars. Anything you need to know? What kind of floor mats to get? When to change your oil? What your check engine light means? Maybe just trying to figure out what your mechanic's trying to tell you because sometimes those are encrypted messages.
3: It uh, it can be tough sometimes.
2: Yeah. So let's jump back into the calls here. Chris has a BMW X3. Chris, go ahead.
7: Hello there, guys. Uh, yeah. uh, two seven M
2: Hey, Chris, you're breaking up here a little bit. We're going to move on to John. John's got an idea for this Mustang GT we talked about earlier. John, hit me with it.
7: All right, man. Um, Here's the deal. Stick the key in the ignition switch. Turn it on for approximately 10 seconds. Turn it off and wait uh, 10 seconds. Turn it back on. Wait 10 seconds. Turn it off. Wait 10 seconds. And turn it on and wait 10 minutes. Turn it off uh, approximately 10 minutes and uh, try and start the car.
2: Okay.
7: I've seen that on the Internet.
2: Yeah. I know GM I, had a – their theft was kind of an issue like that. Yeah. He had to kind of go through this. Again, encrypted messages that we have to decipher to get these cars going. But, yeah, hey, if it works, it works. Yeah, give that a shot.
0: Okay. I'm just – Putting something out there for you guys. Yeah, yeah
2: great absolutely. Thank Thanks a million.
0: You bet. Good idea.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> GM for years, I mean, to, even to program their keys, that's yep. kind of that's what we had what to you go did. through.
3: Ten, ten minutes, ten minutes, yep.
2: <clears throat> and, yeah, it worked every time. Even if you had a key that didn't work, I mean, that was the bypass to it. It's kind of like the cheat code to Mario Brothers. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening, there it is. All right, let's jump into Larry's got a Ford Taurus 1990. Larry, tell me everything about this car. I want to know.
0: Yeah, it's an old 90 model SHL.
2: Nice. A show. That's got a good motor yeah. in it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I'm going through it. I put the rack and pinion on it, and for some reason, it blew the line off of it on, I believe, the low pressure side. Mm hmm. Um,. Do you know what's supposed to retain that in its hole?
2: Retain I was the I can put
0: a tire wrapper on it.
2: Retain what? The line?
0: Yeah, the line, it's just got an O ring around it. You just I guess you just push it in there. Uh, I, I could push it back in there and it'd last for a mile or something. Like
2: Into the rack and, and pinion you're talking about. So
3: It's got to be some type of retainer, I would think.
2: Yeah, generally, there'll be a screw that you have to take out to get that line out that'll have like a U-shaped bracket on it.
3: (coughs) Horseshoe-type clip. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And that may be part of the high-pressure line. Now, if you're saying it blew out, it may be lost somewhere. (coughs) It could have broken off when that line came out. So, I mean, going back that far, I mean, I can't remember the last time I put a rack in a 90 Taurus. No,
3: but there's got to be more. The O-ring is just to seal it. There's got to be something (laughs) that holds it into the rack. Low-pressure line doesn't need much, but it does need some.
2: By where that line goes in, like within, say, an eighth of an inch, is there a threaded hole?
0: I don't know. I can't hardly see it.
3: Yeah. Sure. On an SHO probably not.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna guess.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, there's gotta be some kind of retainer to kinda hold that in there. It's gonna look kind of like a like a horseshoe or U shape, like Carl had yep. said. And it'll just thread in there and kinda hold that line in place. But yeah, there's definitely something in there. That O ring won't hold it in.
3: You might be able to go to Ford and and, and have them look up a picture for you and, <clears throat> and you know, if you don't have it you could probably order from them or maybe go to the junkyard but i would start with ford see if they can blow up a picture for you of what you got to have
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay thank you very much
2: you bet you good got luck it, larry thanks for the call all right with larry dropping off gives you a chance to get in five five eight eleven ten we're here to answer questions about cars but here we have a truck, 1992 Ford F 150. Early Ford day today.
0: It must be. This is good.
2: Ed, tell me about this truck.
0: Well, uh, it's got a real strong hesitation in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I've changed about, elec- about every electronic device on that pickup, mm. except for the uh, the brain box. Tell me what motor's and, in it. Uh, you got a 300?
2: 5.0. 50. Okay.
0: And I'm beginning to think, I I ended up changing the uh, math uh, absolute pressure sensor, Mm -hmm. and that did seem to help, but then it came back to doing the same thing. Um, I'm beginning to think that 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 intake manifold might be kind of gunked up. Is is that something that I can safely use an aftermarket uh, cleaner and spray in there without risking damage?
2: to the engine well <laughs> yeah. being a 92 f-150 with a five liter i can tell you that intake is most certainly gunked up yeah. um but i mean it's going to take a lot more than you know that kind of cleaning to get that out of there and i think you probably i mean describe this hesitation to me is it like a misfire or do you jump just, on Yeah, the it's dad? just like you
0: shut just like you
2: shut the switch off
3: for just a, oh. a split second Try a Mm -hmm. throttle position sensor. Those were notorious back in the early 90s.
0: I've changed that. I've changed the Mm -hmm. sensor in the distributor, changed the coil, the coil wire. I don't know. I've changed about everything I
2: can think of. This has the computer Um, that's kind of on the driver's side back by the firewall. It is, yeah. Have you taken that connector apart, pulled that connector, and just looked at the connections? Are they green? They sat. I did and, look at
0: that. I looked at that. They're clean and crisp. And in fact, uh, a fellow that has more acumen about computers than I popped the cover off, and and uh, it, it looks pristine, like it was brand new.
2: Okay, all the epoxy still in shape, all that stuff. Yeah. All right. So, you said you put a map sensor on it, and that seemed to kind of help. So, do you have good vacuum to that map sensor? Does it have 18 inches of idle? Okay. Okay. Yes, I do. No other vacuum leaks on this engine? No intake gasket leaking?
0: I know. I had the intake manifold gasket replaced here a couple years ago.
3: Okay. So So you you put a, a pickup coil inside the distributor? I did. Did you get your timing set correctly?
2: Yes, I do. What about that ignition module on the side of the distributor? Did you do that when you had the pickup coil out? Uh,
0: that one doesn't have one. I don't think. I think that's the on the fender module. That's on the distributor shaft.
2: Mm, there's no big plug-in on the side of that distributor. I don't believe there is. Was there a module on the fender? <laughs> It'll be like a gray box. Oh.
3: Four-inch by two-inch, three-inch. Something, something like, that. like that. Something like that, five-by-three.
0: Well, I think there is, but I can't say for sure.
3: That's
2: your okay. ignition module. And Okay. I mean, generally, when I test them, I use a scope. I don't know if you can use a multimeter and drive it and test it. Yeah. I think it'll be too slow. They're... A relatively inexpensive part and very easy to replace. I mean, if you've gotten this far, those are notorious bad. What's another 20 bucks? But I mean, that's one way to go. But hesitations can be really tough here, Ed, Um, especially in that era because it's not going to set a code.
3: And that was OBD 1. No, it never sets a code. It doesn't
0: set a code. So you're saying that in in that model of, of Ford 302, that you, you think there's definitely some carbon buildup and junk buildup in the intake manifold. Would that, if I take that off and get it professionally cleaned, do you think that would maybe solve the problem?
2: No. No. Oh. Yeah, Save, save that money. I mean, it would, it would have to be plugged almost solid. That's a huge port intake.
3: If you haven't done an ignition module yet, I would go get one. The ignition module either okay. bolts to the fender or to the side of the distributor. Your pickup coil is the one around the shaft in the
0: distributor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I changed the one around the shaft. I don't okay. think I changed the uh, pickup uh,
2: module the at all. Okay. Well, yeah. Maybe give that a shot here. Let me kind of ponder on this for a week and call back next week, Ed. Okay. Thanks, guys. We'll see what you come up with. Thanks for the call, Ed.
1: News Radio 1110 KFAB is everywhere you are. Download our free iHeartRadio app for all your music, radio, and podcasts.
2: All right, we are back here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Five five eight eleven ten are the numbers to get it in. Get in soon. We got a little bit of time left to take your call. Boy, it's not a good looking to be a good weekend to be outside fixing a car.
3: Nah, you could go ice fishing though.
2: Yeah.
3: Ice yeah. will be getting really hard. Yeah, it Thick. better
2: be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess talk to those guys if you need to know how to stay warm in your driveway while fixing that car this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. All right. So we got Jim with a advertised on TV question. Jim, what do you got? I,
6: hi, guys. Well, I was uh, contemplating buying a uh, X-Tool uh, engine diagnostic, whatever, for your trouble lights so you don't have to... Sure. Take it in every time you get it. Anyway, they've been, and they're, you know, seven $800, but I've mm-hmm. also heard that people can screw up their car too by messing with them if they don't know what they're doing.
2: Oh, absolutely.
6: But, I, but I've been seeing where uh, there's one on on TV that's called Fixed, F-I-X-E-D, I believe. Okay. And that's like $100, $100 mm-hmm. and when your check engine light comes on, you plug it into the module, and it's goes to your phone and tells you uh, basic stuff like whatever it is. You know, so many. I wondered if you guys have had anybody come in with saying that they used it and here's what the problem and you guys check it, see if that's what the problem really is.
2: Absolutely, we have. Yeah. Um, I've known people that have these particular, that thing that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's fail safe. Essentially, it's just telling you a code. Now, you had mentioned, you know, you can cause problems with your car. Yeah, if, you, if you're spending seven $800, you're getting quality a professional-grade scan tool. I mean, that's going to have a fair amount of functions. You can learn idle with it. You can erase all your computer's memory with it if you want, and that's where you get into an issue. Um, <clears throat> with this particular product um you can't do that it'll it's essentially just a code reader and you can you can buy those at O'Reilly's or any auto parts store has them they're just like a handheld deal the only difference is this one's cordless but it'll allow you to read a code and erase that code generally just in the engine control module 95% of the ones on the market that are around that price range or like this tool you're talking about, are only going to do the engine control module. You get no ABS, airbag, traction control. Transmission. Yeah, none of that stuff. All you're getting is P codes out of your engine.
6: Okay, so sometimes it can be just a simple thing that you can fix yourself, So, right? If you,
2: oh, sure. If I you, mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's giving you a code. So, I mean, yeah, with a little bit of research and some... You know, hands-on stuff. I mean, yeah, you could get it fixed, essentially. You bet.
6: So is there a way to decipher the code?
2: Yeah. I mean, Google. Yeah. The Internet's full of answers for any code. Yeah. And, I mean, I use it on a regular basis, you know. A lot of what I do is research. I mean, you get a code out of a car, and that doesn't mean, you know, say I got PO420 for Catalyst Efficiency Bank 1. You know, yeah, it's easy to slap a catalytic converter on there. I mean, sure, some nuts and bolts, you'll probably get it done. But the thing about it, I mean, the code that the car sets, that's a zip code. It doesn't give you the exact address.
3: Just the right area to go to to diagnose. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's not going to say vacuum lean from the intake manifold. It'll say system lean. You know, then you got to – then the search starts. So, I mean, yeah, a code – Tells you a direction. I mean, yeah, Google will help you a lot. There's millions of sites just on code repair.
6: So it's worth trying. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if anything, if you're
2: on the road and your light comes on, hey, quick, Google this on my phone. Is this thing safe to drive? Sure. Have the peace of mind. I mean, for that amount of money, why not? Give it a whirl.
6: Yeah. You could probably just leave it plugged in, can't
2: you? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Leave it plugged in I'll down there.
6: Okay.
2: Problem arises, okay. you're set. Well,
6: yep. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for the information, guys.
2: Yeah. Have you a bet. good day. You, you, bet. Bet, you too. Yeah. There's plenty of code readers on the market, and I mean the ones that we use. Every five years, they're coming out with the you know a new updated version, and they quit updating the old ones. Trying to strong arm you into spending that money yeah. again and. I mean, some of them that we're using, I mean, they're tens of thousands of dollars.
3: And and do more and more. I mean, <coughs> which is nice.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was in a van the other day just messing with some of these functions. I can make all the doors open automatically. and <laughs> Windows are going up and down. And I thought I hit the wrong button. It's just doing a self-test to tell me if everything's working. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, the functionality of some of these. And you can spend a lot of money. I mean, you're average joe at home doesn't need much more than a code reader no nope. you can spend endless amounts of money on tools and use them once i'm proof of that yes, you yeah. <laughs> yes <you are. laughs> well yeah <coughs> well back to ed's question from before the break with the f-150 so we were kind of down to the ignition module on that truck and You know, those trucks, we don't really see a lot of them anymore, and they weren't the easiest to diagnose when they were new either. No. And, I mean, basically when I get one in, I just kind of go by my gut instincts, you know, take a quick visual under the hood. Is everything hooked up? Grab my vacuum hoses. Is there any that are soft that could be pulling flat, you know? Yep. (coughs) Yep. Put a vacuum gauge on my intake. Do I have good vacuum? Or is my distributor bolt loose where I lost timing? Yep. Cutting my vacuum down to my map sensor. Is the spout connector plugged in? You know, another possibility, you know. Generally, people don't take them out. When I timed this engine, was the spout connector out? You know, another thing.
3: Which you're supposed to be, yep.
2: (coughs) But, you know those ignition modules we've done a fair amount of them i mean i don't know about that particular one but most of the time they were pretty easy to find when they went bad you just followed the epoxy that was running down the fender yep (laughs) all the way up to your problem but yeah those ones were kind of they were kind of a bear to diagnose i'll say yeah so if anybody out there is listening that has experience with e3 ford i mean by all means call and give us a heads up but You'll have plenty of time. But, yeah, moving on to this week was a lot of timing repairs.
3: We did have a lot. Some without belts and some with maintenance.
2: (laughs) That's when it gets really fun because, you know, for years we had timing chains, never really messed with them in the V8, V6s. No. How often did they break when the cam locked up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, then we sometime in the 90s or I guess 80s for Fords went to timing belts. Yeah, rubber
3: the the Chevettes, the Pintos, yeah, all had timing belts, did a lot of those. And did a lot of cam chefs in the early 305 Chevys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> the
3: good old days.
2: Now we're back out of timing belts, back into timing chains. There's still a few belts being produced out there, <clears throat> but yep. now, yeah. yep. now our timing chains are about a mile and a half longer than they were before. Yeah. I think
3: uh, Honda's still got the belt on their V6 motor. I don't know if in the last year or two they changed, but I know you just did that one in that 15 Odyssey that was a belt motor.
2: Yeah. So Yeah. And I mean, they're kind of 50-50. I mean, they got chains. They got belts. They just kind of come up with something new every year. Yeah. But they all need maintenance at some time. We've come to find out because the longer the timing chain, the less time it lasts. Yep. They're stretching out. Guides are breaking because of this stretching. So if you start to hear a noise under your hood, maybe you get a check engine light coming on. Hey, maybe it's time to get in there, get that looked at. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Mister Mechanic Show five five eight eleven ten. Is the numbers to get in when we get back.
1: This is Nebraska's news, weather, and traffic station. News Radio 1110, KFAB and KFAB.com. And iHeartRadio station.
2: All right. We're back. Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Let's jump over to Chris calling back with your BMW question. Chris, what do you got?
7: Basically, I've got a 2007 BMW X3 that um, the heater on it will pretty much stay the same temperature. Um, You try and raise and lower it. It doesn't feel like it gets hotter or cooler. And um, yet at the same time, when you um, raise and lower the temperature, the fan speed adjusts um, like it's, I don't know, uh, like it's trying to think that it's at, you know, getting a higher temperature or whatever, but I'm just mm-hmm. not getting it. I've changed the thermostat on it, and then I've also checked the, um, the uh, coolant temperature gauge. Okay. I uh, put it through the test and checked it on the graph, and it's coming out correctly. Okay. What else should I be looking at?
2: So when you're sitting in this car... Somewhere in the middle of the dash, or maybe by your right knee on that panel, is there a little tiny one inch by one inch vent looking thing? It'll uh, be-
7: you're not thinking of the little uh, heat adjust knob that you can turn it left and right to.
2: Nope. This is going to be, it'll look just like an air vent, but very small. That's your. Yeah, that's your cabin temperature sensor. Okay. A lot of times when I find this issue, I'll find that sensor, and it's covered in lint and dust and stuff from the car, and you got to blow those out and clean them off and get them working again.
7: And you say it's right around where your knee would be?
2: Usually. Yeah. All right. There or right in the center of the dash by your control. You can try that to start with, and then if that doesn't work, got on an x3 you can disconnect the battery and connect that again kind of try to reset that module but your next place i'm going to go is to that mode door actuator see if your actuator door's moving okay maybe that motor's failed we don't do a whole lot of them but i'm not going to put it out of the ballpark for hey this won't ever happen right Mm mm-hmm But it's definitely going to be kind of further down my list of things to look at. First place I'm going to go is right to that temp sender.
7: Okay. I'll try and find that. Uh, I see a little thing that looks like it could be what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll clean that out. And um, would that also affect, um, like in the – she was complaining in the summer that she couldn't get A.C. Any cool temperatures on the AC, and yet I checked the level of the AC, the coolant, and it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, would that be associated with it as well?
2: Possibly. Um, again, that's kind of. I mean, that my. I mean, is she getting straight heat out of there in the summertime? Or yes. is there any cool air? Is she getting like lukewarm air? It's lukewarm. Okay. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, take a look. Take the glove box out. Find out where that blend door actuator is. Move that temperature all the way 100% hot, 100% cold. It should make a full sweep on that door. Okay. See if that tells you anything. Okay. Very good. All righty, Chris. Hope we helped you. All right, Chris. Dropping off the line gives you a chance to call in, 558-1110. Let's talk to Jared with a Dodge Durango. Jared, what do you got?
5: Hey, good morning. Um, Yeah, my voice ain't the best. I'm just getting over losing my voice. But, uh, uh, yeah, I've been having problems. Uh, My Dodge Durango, I thought it was a battery issue at first, and it still might be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always get it started. It's turning over. Um, just once in a while, like the engine or the starter will sit there and crank, and I'll have to turn the key off. And at first I had to do that like four times, and the car would start up. And now like I do it like two times, and the car will start up. It's doing okay. it more often. Um, so basically
2: noticed- you're just not turning the key, and it's not firing up right away.
5: Yeah, it's just sitting there cranking over.
2: Okay. So if it's able to Uh, crank, your battery should be all right, I would think, unless it's cranking very slow.
5: Yeah, I had my battery tested, and they said it was fine. My alternator Mm -hmm. was fine. Um, I just don't know. First place in a while. Go ahead.
2: The first place I'm going to go on that, if I got a long crank, is I'm going right to a fuel pressure test. I want to see how much fuel that engine's getting. So, hey, maybe give that a shot. Give me a call here next week. That's all the time we got here, Jared. All right, that's the end of another show here. We did it. (laughs) See you next Saturday. I'm Kyle. I'm Carl.
6: Businesses need to think beyond
2: today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people.